Welcome to the newest edition of the Screenfellows Podcast. My name is Carlos. And I'm Ozzy. In this episode, we will be reviewing Incarnate and Manchester by the Sea. And we will recap this week in TV. Enjoy the show. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Ozzy, how are you doing? You know, I, I'm doing okay, Carlos. How are you doing, man? I am I'm doing fine. I'm anxious to kind of get back to Florida because, um, well, let me tell you about something that happened this week or tell the audience of something that happened this week because you already know because it involves you. So I get a phone oh. call from my mother and this fool right here, Ozzy, and... They're like, oh my gosh, Manchester by the Sea was so amazing. My mom's like, I was bawling the entire time. And I cannot watch it here because it is not out here because we have one theater where I am in Virginia. So I am rather annoyed and upset that I cannot watch this movie because I've been hearing about this movie for months. And now I'm like the last person. I feel like I'm like the last person on the worth worth on the earth to see it. But it's just uh, frustrating. But I'm just anxious to get home, man, you know? Yeah, man. I don't know what's up with you guys in Virginia, okay? But you guys need to get your crap together. Trust me. I know. I really <laughs> want it. To. <laughs> I mean, I'm thinking about driving like an hour next weekend to go see it, but we'll see if it works out. Um, so good, man. man. Before we even get started, I, I sent you um, the link to... Um, because basically the Critics Choice Awards, uh, I believe it's that, that's what it was. It was definitely one of the made, like one of the Critics Awards, um, announced their nominations for, um, all the awards stuff. And you know, as I said on the last episode, I am addicted to award season news. Um, so I sent you a link to that and you were, you had some pretty, um, intense thoughts about that. So let's talk about that for a little bit before we get started with Incarnate. What, what were you... Um, what what were your thoughts on um, the overall? The nominations? I think that okay. Overall, I think that mostly, mostly, and I'm going to emphasize this: mostly every film that is getting nominated for Best Picture, I can agree with. And the only two, and the only two movies that I haven't seen that are on this actual list is Lion and Fences. Those are the only two movies that I have not seen. The fact that Sully is getting nominated for Best Picture is absolutely ridiculous. I, I absolutely agree. Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Just because it's Tom Hanks and Clint Eastwood teaming up together does not mean it should automatically get Best Freaking Picture. To me, that is absolutely ridiculous because that film was, don't get me wrong, it was a good film. It was interesting, but to me, it's just not Academy material. It's just not. The fact that Tom Hanks is going to get Best Actor over Jake Gyllenhaal is ridiculous because Jake Gyllenhaal did a fantastic freaking job in Nocturnal Animals, and it pisses me off that just because he has the name Tom freaking Hanks, let me get you wrong. He's talented. He's a great actor, but his performance just did not compare to Jake Gyllenhaal this year. Did not. Yeah, that I I think I would agree with most of those things. I mean, Sully, I definitely agree. Like, it 
if it gets nominated, it'll just because of the, be because of the name. I think it's going to be a similar situation to um, uh, Bridge of Spies last year, where it's an okay movie, but the names behind it are what gets it the recognition that it gets, you know? Um, and then the one thing that sticks out to me after a couple of, we, we've gotten a couple of these lists and nomination lists and things like that so far. Not, none of the like major, major ones, but we have a, we've had a couple of them now. And I think Casey Affleck is a lock. I haven't seen the Manchester by the Sea yet, and I'm sure you'll talk about Casey Affleck, but he's a lock at this point. He is getting nominated by everything. Um, I'm very happy to see Joel Edgerton nominated, though, for loving. Yes, definitely. That, He's finally getting yeah. recognized yeah. a little bit. And I'm also excited that uh, Andrew Garfield is also nominated. Because yes. I don't think he's been nominated before. So it, these these two I'm actually excited about because I do think that they did a great job. I, th- I don't think we said that. I don't think we predicted that these two would actually get nominated. So the fact that these two are getting nominated, that it makes me happy. I, I I don't know. We had like a little like um, Oscar, well, not an Oscar, but like uh, where we kind of predicted these things before. And I think we might have brought up Andrew Garfield, but I don't remember. Um, yeah, I think Denzel Washington is another lock too at this point. He's been nominated a lot, and he, there's so much buzz about that. Um, also, I'm so excited, so excited for um, La La Land because. It leads these awards with, I believe, 12 nominations. So I can't wait for that movie, to say the least. Um, Very happy to see Amy Adams on here. I think either way, for whichever movie it is, she deserves a nomination because she was great, great in... um, Yeah, I think she... Yeah, I think she did... I I liked her better in Arrival. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm glad that she's getting nominated for Arrival. She did a fantastic job. Yeah. Um, also, that movie, that French movie that I told um, everybody on or on the podcast about a couple weeks ago, um, Elle, the lead actor, actress in that, um, Isabel Huppert, is nominated as well. So I thought that was interesting. Um, showing showing our foreign foreign movies, some yeah. some some love over here. Yeah, That's man. great. Um, and the only other thing that we have to mention, we got to mention it. Uh, Hell or High Water, final like. I was so nervous that this movie was going to get kind of looked over, and I still think it is possible that it get looks looked over when it comes to the Oscars. But it's I'm just happy to see it get some recognition, especially Jeff Bridges and Ben Foster in the Best Supporting Actor category. The thing that I don't really understand in that category is how Dave Patel is not in the Best Actor category, and the only reason why I'm confused about it is because isn't he like the main star? I, I don't know. I mean, we haven't. Seen, yeah, I mean, we, but we haven't seen the movie, so it's hard to tell. Um, I, I don't know. Not sure. I, I'm actually very excited to see that movie. Hopefully, it comes out um, near us when I'm home. Um, we'll see. But yeah, it's definitely something. I, I'm just. I'm happy it's award season. I can kind of keep track of all these things, um, and I cannot wait for some of these movies that are out that we haven't seen yet. Um, you know. But anyway, um, any final thoughts on that, or do you want to move on to my review of Incarnate? Let's go to your review of Incarnate. I'm interested to see what you had to say about this movie. All right. Um, Well, if you haven't noticed by now, this is going to be a little bit different of an episode because, like I said, um, we are at the top. We are reviewing Manchester by the Sea, but I have not seen Manchester by the Sea, so Ozzy will be reviewing that, and... 
Ozzy has not seen this horror movie, Incarnate, that I have seen, so I will be reviewing Incarnate myself. Um, so it'll be a little bit different of a setup, but it'll be easy to catch on to, so um, just bear with us. Alright, um, so, Incarnate. Man, uh, I didn't <laughs> know what, like, I kind of expected that it was going to be bad, to be honest. Um, but the, the, the concept was just so interesting that I was like, I gotta see this movie. Um, but unfortunately the concept isn't enough to carry the movie. There's just too much wrong with the movie that to, it's hard for a cool and interesting idea to make up for it. And even though there are some pretty good performances in it, I would say, um, Carice Van Houten, who actually is in Game of Thrones, she plays um, Melisandre. Um, she was great, and then is his name Aaron Eckhart? Aaron Eckhart. Yeah. He um, he is uh, he was Two Face in the Dark Knight trilogy, um, and he was really good as well. Those are the two performances that really stuck out to me. Other than that, uh, the kid was not very good. I'll get to him. Um, there was a moment in the movie where it was like, I can't tell if I like this kid or not. And then like five minutes later, I was like, yeah, he's not very good. So it like confirmed it for me. Um, but like I said, the story is really interesting. Um, it's basically the way to describe it and the way I described it to everybody when I said I was going to go see it was it's, it's inception, but a horror movie. Like he goes into people's minds to try to, he says, um, uh, evict the de- evict the defenses or not the defense. What am I saying? Evict the demons. Um, sorry, it's early in the morning, people. I apologize. Um, <laughs> I was so confused. Yeah, evict <laughs> evict the demons um, from their minds. It's just a really interesting. Um, it's a really interesting idea, but it's kind of wasted. It ends up, you know what the you know what it is. It ends up being more flatliners than it does um, Inception. And if you don't know what Flatliners is, it's a pretty bad '90s movie, I believe. Um, uh, it, it's not. It's not the best. Um, and it's basically like they try to get themselves so, like they get themselves close enough to death that they can see the afterlife or something. It's really strange. But that's what this movie ends up being more so than Inception. So, and it's unfortunate. And it's more not necessarily in the concept and the story, but more in the execution of the story. Um, but like I said, the two main positives are the two biggest leads, I guess, in the movie are pretty good. And the story is interesting enough. But the problem with this movie and this, I'm going to get right into my negatives now. Problem with this movie is the script. The script is an absolute disaster. There are some laughable, really laughable lines in this movie. And there are a lot of things that just don't make any sense. They don't really quite add up. Um, the, the church is involved somehow. And that is so like really stretched and it doesn't make any sense. Like, because they send somebody from the church, but she's not like a priest or anything. Like she doesn't wear a cross. Like, it's really interesting. Like it's just a representative. Um, she was a lawyer, I guess. Um, but then, like, she tries to get this guy involved, and then there's this whole backstory with this guy, and or with the lead, um, Aaron Eckhart's character, and the demon, and it's just not really sewn together pretty well. I didn't care that there was this backstory, um, and 
it was just really strange. Like it was not put well together. The narrative was not structured well. Um, I didn't care about the characters. It was just a really poorly written script, honestly, and which is unfortunate because I do think that this concept deserves a better script. Um, as for other things, like that was my biggest negative and that's a pretty big negative. Um, but like I, I already mentioned, the kids acting was not very good. Um, and, uh, this is also, this is not much to do with the kids acting, but more like how he was used and again, part of the script. Um, but he basically sits in a room the entire time when he's possessed and it's just like, wh- why can't he just leave? Like, I get that he has like <laughs> motives, but like, it's just really strange. Like he literally just sits there and I'm just like, this is stupid and kind of boring but anyway um and then i'll also say the final act of this movie again kind of going back to the script but the final act is an absolute disaster like the way this movie ends is ridiculously stupid like um there's some sort of like i don't know they make someone makes this kind of um poison or something but it's really like it could have been any poison honestly it feels like or it could have just been adrenaline or however like it did not need to be this special thing that was made and it was it was just really strange um i did not think that it ended well at all which didn't help the whole situation of the movie all right i'm gonna get into my rating and just rate this and then move on to a i believe much better movie um, I am at a 3.3 out of 10. Damn. It is, that is it, crazy. It's bad. Um, <laughs> there's no getting around it. It's just bad. So that's oh, what I got. Boy. Ozzy, where are you? Or where are you? Um, why don't we move on to Manchester by the Sea? Okay. Wow. Well, <laughs> that might be on your worst, on your top 10 worst. That's crazy. Um, it has a good chance well. at this point. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Manchester by the Sea. Stars Casey Affleck in in this movie. This the story, it, it's it, if you guys haven't seen the trailer, it's about uh, an uncle has to take guardianship of his nephew after after um, after his father passes away. And this story, my gosh, this this movie has is it's an emotional roller coaster. Um, it's so good, so good. Um, Let's let's start with the beginning of the movie. The the beginning of the movie, you're sort of just really confused as to, like you're you're sort of wondering about Casey Affleck's character because the beginning he's just you know sort of just doing his job and you're just like okay well, like why like who who is this guy like why do we care about him like why does he act the way he acts so um you know you're basically wondering you're intrigued as to why this guy is the way he is and. Wow, like just the way that they explain it, you understand him a hundred percent. And my gosh, the the performance that Casey Affleck gives is so freaking good, <laughs> so good. It's like I don't know if I want him to win just because I've seen like so many other great performances, so it's really hard, but. Oh man, he ha- he does such a great job in this movie. It's definitely I've seen him in a few other things, but to me, this is the performance. Like this is his career defining performance in this movie. He does so well in this movie. And Kyle Chandler, he's in this movie too. He does really good in this movie as well. Um and just the chemistry that Casey Affleck really has with um with his nephew Patrick. Um 
who is played by Lucas Hedges, they have such great chemistry and they work off of each other so well. It's it's really natural the way they work together, and it's it's really good to see. It's really cool to see that happening. Now, I, I don't know. I don't know if you've been he- hearing about Lucas Hedges, Carlos. I don't know if you've been hearing about this guy who plays Patrick, but he is like really like he does a great job, and he's like a breakout star. I don't know if this is his first film, but he does really good in this movie, and I actually do want him to get nominated for best supporting actor because he does such a great job in this movie. Um. He he blew me away. I've never seen him in anything else, but he his character is is just like if you if you put yourself like a like a seventeen year old, you know what I'm saying? Like you're you're gonna like sort of relate to him in a sense because he doesn't want to like uproot his life. You know what I'm saying? So it's just it's good. It's it's really good seeing um, that actor really portray like someone. Who's lost like a parent, and he does it. He does it in such a, such a great way. And also, Michelle Williams, who plays Randy, she's not in it that much. But when she's actually in the movie, and when she's talking to Casey Affleck's character, whose character's name is Lee, um, my gosh, uh, it's just, it's just raw emotion. Um, she does so well in this movie. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind if she also got supported for best supporting actress. Um, my only negative in this in this movie is just the fact that the pacing. It takes a little bit for the movie to really pick up. Um, I remember seeing it. I was like, okay, like when is this when is this gonna pick up? And that's that's really the only negative that I have is that it takes a while. It takes like it takes like a minute for it to pick up. But in the end, it's it's all really worth it. Um, just just seeing uh just seeing the outcome of the movie and i just i really didn't want it to end because i was just so intrigued by the story um you know what i mean it, it's just such a great story uh such a such an emotional story as well it's just mm-hmm. so you know you you really do feel for these characters and um i was i was close to crying i was like oh god no because <laughs> it was just so so emotional now I'm gonna go ahead and rate this movie. I think I gave Arrival a nine point six. Yes. This movie's gonna get a nine point seven. Wow. Wow. It, I cannot sh- wait for this movie, man. It's so good. I mean, like I said, I mean this this may I mean this may either be your number one movie or your second or your number two because this movie to me is just so good and it just has such raw emotion in this movie and like the the way that they tell the story is is like is is like they use a series of flashbacks and then they use like the present story and it all just really ties together so nicely. Um, I think it's arguably like one of the most t- like tied together films that we've seen all year. To be honest with you, just the way that everything really ties together, mm-hmm. it's really nice and it's really neat. So. Um, I definitely, and I know, I know, I'm going to say this too soon, but this is definitely, this is my recommendation, just because <laughs> I don't feel like a lot of people are going to see this movie, but I feel like you, I feel like people should literally go to the theaters and see this movie because I don't want this movie to leave theaters like now because it's just so good. Yeah, and you, I'll add on to that a little bit to all my Florida people, please see this movie because if you see this movie then the theaters have no excuse to take it out of theaters quickly 
and then I get a chance to see it when I'm home. So go see this movie so I can go see it when I'm at home. Thank you. Anyway, um, do you have anything else, or do you want to move on to our TV recap? Let's go to our TV recap. All right. Um, Okay, so we're going to start with the DC stuff, because it was, if you didn't know, it was DC week. Um, So they had their huge four-episode, quote-unquote four-episode, crossover event. Um, we will, of course, be getting into spoilers with all the shows that we talk about. So if you hear the name of a show that you haven't seen yet, you might want to skip ahead. Um, yeah, so let's, let's talk about DC Week. And we'll briefly talk about Supergirl, because it technically is part of the four-episode crossover, but it there was no crossover in Supergirl. It was just, like, at the end, they showed up. That was it. Which is freaking stupid. Yeah, it was annoying. Um, we won't talk about the event as a whole, I guess, or the episode as a whole, because I don't really, like, it was just, like, it was a fine episode on its own, I guess. It it really was. It was a fine episode. But it was frustrating because we expected crossover, and we didn't get it. Um, Yeah, like, like, it was just, it was literally just like a tease this whole entire time. Because, like, I thought for Supergirl, like, when she was going up against... Uh, uh, what was it? Cyborg Superman, and you keep seeing breaches going up. I'm just like, Barry's gonna, Barry's gonna come out. He's gonna fight. He's gonna do something. Literally, does not happen until the last five seconds. Of the <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, you're so annoying, so stupid. Yeah, it it was. I don't know. It was just frustrating, just because, like I said, no crossover, and that's why I put what I would put four episode crossover in quotes because it's just. There wasn't much of a crossover. Anyway, um, let's move on to Flash. What did you think about that episode of the crossover? I th- Flash is one of my favorite episodes of the crossover. I think we're gonna list. I think we should list them. Okay. Our, our favorites. Uh, of, um, it was one of my favorites of the episode. Cisco was so freaking annoying Thank in this you. episode. Yes. I'm so glad that they ended it with with freaking legends, but he is so annoying. Like, why would you? Why, like, why would you bring that up in the middle of an alien invasion? That is literally the least important thing. And I, I was reading CW through a lot. Thing. Yes, and I was reading through a lot of the YouTube comments, and they did not like Cisco that episode because yes, Barry. Yes, Barry, and you know that I'm against Barry. You know I was one of the people who was pissed about Barry resetting that timeline last season. You know that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I like how that season ended. But I'm not going to sit here and say I don't, I'm not, like, I, but at the same time, I understand why Barry did it. Barry has seen both of his parents die right in front of him, okay? Mm-hmm. I understand why he went and reset the timeline. Was it right to do it? No. But... I understand him, but the fact that what first of all, Cisco even asked Barry to go back in time to save Dante. Yeah, and so first of all, he's being a hypocrite. Second of all, like you weren't like he was nowhere as near close to Dante as Barry was close to his parents. Nowhere near. So I was really annoyed with Cisco that episode. Really freaking annoyed. Really, he was just so whiny to me about about it everything and he was he just had to make everything so awkward and it was annoying 
Yeah, I, I agree. I'm, let's not kind of dwell on Cisco too much because, like I said, it wasn't the best aspect of the episode. But um, I, I did really like this episode. I think that the way they did the crossover as a whole kind of playing, almost playing to every every show's strengths, I think really worked well. And this was a great way to do it, kind of put it, pitting um, Flash and Arrow against the rest of them because they were all mind-controlled. That was really interesting. Um, and I did really... I think they used these characters well because, like, let's be honest, once you have Supergirl, you're basically, like, you can beat anybody. Um, so it's it's hard because um, it, it's hard to use a super person, you know what I'm saying? Um, and I think they did it really well. Um, with this whole thing, and I thought that was awesome. Just yeah. that whole entire scene with their when they were fighting against yeah. each other. Yeah, and I Ooh. did really like the training stuff too. That was pretty cool as well. Um, and then there was, I think what in, what did annoy me. Like I said, I do really like that they went with the mind control thing for Flash. I think that worked really well. Um, but what did annoy me was they were trying to set it up like that to make us think that the team was actually trying to like fight him like on purpose without mind control at the beginning because like they show us they show us part of the fight at the beginning and then they show us um everybody getting upset or yeah they show everybody getting upset at Barry so they want you to think oh they're going to attack Barry and it's like it did not work it was like we could see exactly what was going to happen it was kind of silly that they were actually trying to do that um, and that was the only thing that really bothered me. I thought this, it was a pretty good episode of Flash. It wasn't like an amazing episode. Um, but I think in, when, when you put it in context with the crossover as a whole, it was very, very good. I thought, I thought the episode was probably like the best episode of Flash we've gotten all season, to be honest with you. I just thought it was, I think really, that's fair. Yeah. I think it was really good. And, um, Oliver, Sticking, having Barry's back. I love that aspect. I really, really like that aspect. Um, cause Barry really understands Barry and, uh, so I thought it was really good to have Supergirl and Barry sort of understand them. Another person that sort of annoyed me this episode was Sarah. Really? She had no right to tell Barry what to do when it comes to time travel. No right. Why? You know how many times she had, she tried to kill Damien Dark? Yeah, but she has. I mean, she tried originally, I mean, but she. I mean, in the like, last she episode, she didn't. No like, she way. literally had to. I mean, she literally did keep herself from going and attacking him. So she is learning her lesson, and I get why you can say that she maybe should is being a little hypocritical. But at the same time, I almost took it more as like, look, this is what I've been learning how how to do, and you need to be even more responsible because you're even more powerful than I am, even with the Wave Rider. But I didn't really, it didn't really bother me too much, but I get why it would bother you. Um, do you want to move on to Arrow? Let's move on to Arrow. All right, this was a unique situation because this is not only the third um, episode in the four-episode, quote-unquote, crossover event, but this was the 100th episode of Arrow. And in that sense, this was a great episode. This might be my favorite episode of Arrow in a while, honestly. Um, they kind of took the, um, what's that? I can't remember what the storyline is called, but the storyline. Invasion? Maybe. I don't know. Uh, it's the, it's the storyline where, um, 
Superman gets that little alien parasite thing attached to him, and he's oh he, yeah, he yeah, and he sees that um, like he basically has a dream of living in on Krypton in like happiness with his family or whatever. Um, and then they did an episode like that of Supergirl last season as well, and it was actually pretty good. And it was basically like that, but on a bigger scale because everyone was having those dreams basically, and they were all kind of interconnected. And I really liked it. It was a great way to incorporate it into the store into the crossover but at the same time honor the honor arrow as a show because like like i said it was their 100th episode they wanted to do something special that remembered the show's history and i think they did a great job it was a great way to do it honestly um did it affect the overall storyline of the crossover too much Honestly, not really. It was, in terms of crossover, it might be the second most pointless episode in the crossover behind um, Supergirl, because Supergirl was just freaking pointless in the crossover. But this one, it didn't have any real impact on the overall story, Um, but I thought for what they were trying to do, balancing the crossover and the 100th episode, it did it really well. Yeah, I mean, this episode was a was a fantastic episode. Um, especially like the whole lineup that they had with with Slade, which I'll get to Slade in two seconds. But um, just with um, that whole scene where um, Thea, Sarah, Ray, and Diggle had to fight Damien, Slade, and um, mm-hmm. and what's his name? Um, Thea's dad. His oh, name's uh, Malcolm Merlin. Yeah, Malcolm. I was wondering where Malcolm, that actor, has been all season. I was like, where have you been, man? Like, what, like... Is he running the League of Assassins now? No, they, um, no, remember they they disbanded last season? No, but even then, when he, when he was uh, running it last season, um, he was still, he was still uh, showing up every now and then. He was mostly in every episode last season, too. Yeah. But, um, I was like, that, that whole scene was really, was really great, and just... Seeing Laurel, ah, God, I miss Laurel. Um, seeing Laurel again was really was really good too. Uh, I don't really miss Laurel, but I thought she was really good in this episode. I thought they used her really well, um, and it, it the way they used her made me go, man. I kind of I w- kind of wish she was back in the show, but at the same time, like I'm like, eh, it probably is not the worst thing in the world that she's gone. But I know we disagree on that. Um, anyway, uh, did you like how they kind of used? It in the crossover without really using it in the crossover, or did that bother you? No, I mean, I mean, it really didn't bother me in a sense because it's still in in its own way, it still was a crossover. Because you have to think about it, Ray and Sarah are in two different shows, yeah, like are, are in another show, but they came from Arrow, exactly. So, I mean, and in, in its way, it still was a crossover. Um, and then at the same time, we did get probably like what, like five minutes of Supergirl and Flash. So, I mean, again, it, it was a Flash. It was a was a flashover. It was a crossover. But um, we we sometimes forget that these characters came from um, Flash and Arrow. Yeah. So. Um, all right. Do you have any other thoughts, or do you want to move on to Legends? Let's move on to Legends. All right. We will move on to what I think is definitely my personal favorite and I would say the best episode of the crossover. I really did like this episode. I thought, again, the the genius of this crossover as a whole is that they were able to use every show's kind of style 
and incorporate it into the story. And I'll admit, when I first saw the trailers for it being aliens, I was like, oh my gosh, that's kind of stupid. But it really did work for what they were, what they were going for and what the plan was using every single style. And to have it end with a time travel episode where they go back to the 50s or whatever it is and, um, they kind of are fighting the, or they want to capture one of these aliens and then, um, they did, they end up saving one. I did think the one, my one gripe with this episode is, that the real the thing with Cisco and him realizing that he affected the timeline or whatever and that it changed everything and then he shouldn't be mad at Barry that was really forced. I'm happy it's over because like you and like probably everyone else, I'm tired of this whole Cisco being mad at Barry thing and I want it to get back to regular Cisco that we all love. But that was just, it did not work for me. I was like, really? Like, he has this moment where he's just sitting there, like, talking to himself, realizing everything, and I'm just like, that was really stupid. Um, and yeah, like, <laughs> it was so forced. Yeah, it, it was, it was really pretty forced. bad. Um, but as a whole, the like, the idea behind this episode, the time travel aspect, and then um, them having to kind of stop a metahuman bomb and it being about the met- metahumans was really interesting. I, I did like that direction, the, the fact that it was ultimately about metahumans, because I think that plays back into Flash and what's going on there um, with Draco's character, how him being so anti-metahuman, um, it, it plays into that. I think we're going in a little bit of a, a this is going to be a sh- strange um, kind of comparison to make, but we're going in a little bit of an X-Men direction here um, with the metahumans, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. it, it's... it's I did really like this episode as a whole. What did you think? I thought the episode was was really good as well, um, especially the the huge accent sequence that they all had with the aliens. Yeah, and, and, that, that, that was really get, good. Um, this this the shows have done a great job at really shooting the action sequences. When it comes to, fl- I think my favorite one, are, honestly, is when Flash and Arrow are going up against the the whole entire um, against uh, Supergirl and most of the most of the legends. I thought that was really. I thought that was a great shot scene. I thought this one was probably like my second favorite. Um, it was just so well shot and it looked really good. Yeah. Um, one of my gripes was again, if we're gonna talk about gripes here and negatives, was that of Cisco, and I was just upset that Sarah or none of the legends mentioned to Barry that there's another speedster out there. <laughs> I'm just like. He's a speedster, so why wouldn't you ask help from another speedster? That, that's fair. I didn't <laughs> think of that, but man, now that you said that, that is kind of annoying. Not gonna be no, because uh, no, because I remember I went over your house and I was like, "So how was the episode?" He's like, "It was really good," but they never mentioned. But he's just like, he's just like, I'm just a kind of annoyed that they never mentioned uh, the Reverse Flash. I'm just like, what? And I watched the episode. I'm just like, they never mentioned the Reverse Flash. <laughs> <laughs> So it's just really Fair. ridiculous. Yeah, so it's just ridiculous how they did not mention the reverse blast whatsoever. Yeah. Um So I don't know. That those were my own, those are my two um biggest mm-hmm. negatives in, in the whole entire show. Okay. Um but other than that, I thought it was a really I thought it was a really great I thought th- honestly I think it's the best crossover that we've had oh, so far. Definitely, definitely. Uh, I'm definitely excited to see more crossovers. Um and I hope I hope that these shows actually do get together more often because I think because I do think that the show's bar will raise if they do get together more like this just because uh, I mean I think 
I think I have to look at the viewership. Like, I think if the viewership goes down, I think they might do a little bit more crossovers. Maybe. The uh, the problem becomes, I, I think it becomes more of a scheduling issue and a um, budgeting issue when you're talking about these big crossover things. Um, and then scheduling-wise, I'm sure it's chaotic to try to schedule all these sh- um, shows, shooting schedules, um, into one kind of cohesive um, schedule. Oh, what do you think about what do you think about yeah. Steel Suit? Uh, it's horrible. <laughs> it is so bad. <laughs> um, I really hope they fix it. Like they, I really hope that the internet makes a loud enough noise that they change it. Because man, that was bad. Like somebody came into the room while I was watching it, and they were like, "What are you watching, Power Rangers?" And I'm just like, "Yeah, it's <laughs> it's not good." Um, <laughs> But anyway, uh, real quick, I want to ask you one thing that I think this took place originally in Flash, but what did you think about, we finally got it revealed what the message was, um, from Bear, from future Barry to Rip. What, what did you think about that message? Um, I thought it was a really interesting message. I mean, like, I want to know more about it just because it seems really interesting and cool. Um, but um, it, it, it definitely has to do with flashpoints. I don't know. I'm, I'm just definitely interested as to what, like, what details, like, what more he could, could he else be talking about. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, why, like, why wouldn't he be able to trust Barry? Yeah, it, it's really strange. I, I don't know it. I, I, yeah, I don't know. It, it's something that I'm like, I don't know if it is really going to end up meaning something huge. Um, unless I, I really do hope that we get a visit from future Barry at some point, I think, ulti- I think eventually that it's almost destined for us to get to that point where we get a v- visit from future Barry or Barry goes to the future. Honestly, um, I think we're kind of destined to get to that point. Um, that might be a crossover. That would be an interesting crossover if he goes to the future. Anyway, just thinking out loud, <laughs> but anyway, um, I, I, it's strange. I don't even know if it has... If it does have something to do with Flashpoint, that'll make my brain hurt because wouldn't Flashpoint have changed everything and changed the future? So how would future Barry in the original timeline know about Flashpoint? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, it, again, sense. it would be a, another one of those weird Legends things, which props to Legends. We haven't talked about TV in a while, and I have to give props to Legends. They are doing a lot better at not only being that show that I go, it looks cool, but I don't think it makes any sense, to a show that it doesn't kind of push the envelope anymore. It doesn't say, like, oh, this is a side, another side effect of time travel, or, oh, this happened because of this, and then you think about it and you're like, no, that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. They just stop saying those things. And it has really helped the show not only look cool, but just be honestly... One of the best shows on this network when it comes to DC shows. It's probably the best at this point. I mean, Arrow has had a really good season. I, I will give it that. Arrow has had a very good season, but I still have my... I'm still holding back on Arrow because I was so burned by last season. And then Flash is having probably its weakest season thus far. It's not necessarily bad, and I hope it finishes strong, um, but it's having its weakest season. And Supergirl is Supergirl. It's fine. Um, it's definitely got its weak points. It's, Wait, you don't like this season of Flash so far? I, it's the weakest season thus far. Yeah. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. <laughs> anyway, um, but Legends is doing really well. Legends ha- is a is making a vast improvement 
when it comes to the show um, as opposed to last season. I think it's doing really, really well. How do you think that, um, what's her name? Is, there, is her name Vixen or something? Yeah. Okay, how do you think that Vixen is doing? And do you think that she'll be a show regular? Yes, I think she's fitting in really well. Her dynamic with the team works really well. Um, and the actress is doing pretty well, um, doing a great job as well. So um, the other guy that steal, uh, he is a little up and down for me. Sometimes I'm like, I really like his character. And sometimes just like, what are you doing? Um, uh, and then, okay, let's talk a little bit about some of the side effects of this crossover. Um we know a little bit more about Future Barry, so I guess that's definitely something. Um, Cisco's not mad at Flash anymore, at Barry anymore. That's good. Um, Supergirl has a way to kind of go back and forth. Really like that. That's a great way to to kind of um, incorporate incor- her yes, more. incorporate her more into this universe um, without kind of doing some strange combining of the worlds type thing. I think that worked really, really well, um, what they did with her. Um, and then Ad- Adam got a suit back. That's another big positive for me as well. I wish I would have seen more dialogue between uh, Supergirl and, and Oliver. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really good um, in Legends when he was just like, I need you to back off because <laughs> I, yeah. I need to understand what I'm dealing with. And when you come into the play, I, I need to draw a line. So I thought that was really interesting. Um, yeah, definitely. I, I would agree with that as well. Um, one disappointing thing I had, like, we did get a little bit of the Team Arrow, but they were kind of, like, use, useless in this crossover as a whole. Like, they were, they were more used in the main Arrow episode, which is understandable, but, um, I, I did really, I was a little disappointed that they didn't use him, use them very much. Um, that's my only other thing. All right, you want to rank these episodes? Let's do it, man. All right. Where would you, how would you rank these? Supergirl would be last. Yes. I said, damn. I, I just, all these three episodes were so good, though. Besides that, um, I would put Flash at number one, mm-hmm. Era at number two, and then DC's Legends of Tomorrow at number wow. three. Wow, man! I <laughs> and it's not, and it's not like they're off by like a huge margin. It's just like if I have to pick and choose, it's just it's gonna be that. And it's just it's just the, really the. It sort of felt cheesy with uh, with the dialogue that um, that that Cisco has that really kind of brings it down to my number three Fair with enough. himself. Fair enough. Um, but it's just some of the dialogue that's in Flash and that's in uh, Arrow that really makes it really good. Like the like the dialogue that um, Oliver was having with um, mm-hmm. with Barry and Flash, and he was just like, "I wish I could go back. Like I would have done it." You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah. I really like that dialogue that they had, and then uh, just sort of the dialogue that Oliver was having with um, with everybody, with him trying to get people to remember that this isn't real. I really thought that was interesting too. Yes, I do. I do agree. Um, I would rank them. I, w- I would go Legends one, then Arrow two, Flash three, and Supergirl last, of course. Um, that that's my right. I really did like how they balanced everything in Arrow. And then I've already said Legends was my favorite episode. Um, and Flash, not a weak episode at all. It was, like I said, probably the best episode of Air, or a Flash this season. Um, but it's, I do think the other two are better. That, that's what it boils down to. So, all right. Um, do you have any other TV that you watched this week? No. no. I was 
all over the place. All right, fair enough. I will really quick run through some of these other things. Um, Agents of Shield is back, my friends. Um, this, I tweeted this out, and it is so so true. Um, it, it we're in the middle, like we were in the middle of DC week at the time when um, Agents of Shield came out, and that's what everybody was talking about, and that's understandable. Fair enough, it's a huge crossover event. But Agents of Shield had their best episode of the season and their best episode in a while. It was great. It was so good. I was invested the entire way through. Um, they got, um, like, cause in the previous episode that we had a few weeks back, we, it was very much, um, about the backstory of Ghost Rider. And it was all about that and all about, and it was a really good episode. It was really good. Um, but this one, it's almost like it's the true backstory of Ghost Rider because we get, um, like Ghost Rider goes from one person to another. He goes into Mac and then you get this whole thing, um, with him making another deal with Robbie. And that was just, I was like, Oh, so now he's going to really become the ghost, the ghost rider that we know, like this actual spirit of vengeance, all that stuff. It was really interesting. And then the whole thing with, um, Coulson and Fitz are trapped in another dimension, basically. And they're trying to, figure out a way to communicate with everybody in the other dimension or in the main dimension. And then the stuff with Ada, who is the Android, um, she just, Oh man, she's going to get really dangerous moving forward, I think. And it's going to cause some major problems, but I, it was the best episode of the season and um, it was so, so good. And I know like it's a horrible time to have your best episode because you have it right in the middle of DC's huge event when nobody's talking about Agents of Shield. So it's a little frustrating, but man, it was good. Um, so that was that. Uh, this is us. I can't recommend the show enough. People watch. This is us. It is so good. Gets me every time. Um, gosh, that show, man, it finds ways to get emotional in ways you do not expect. Um, it's really, really touching. I love that show. Um, and then the only other thing that I have watched, I haven't watched, um, Supernatural yet. Um, and I think that's it. Blacklist is off the air right now. Um, and how to go with murders on their mid season break as well. Um, but the only other show that I watched was Vikings. Vikings is back and oh man, it is so good to have Vikings back. Uh, that show on the history channel and this will throw me right into recommendations unless there's anything else you want to talk about, Ozzy. No, that's it for me, man. All right. This is also my recommendation as Vikings. Um, it is by far the most underrated show on television. It is, um, it's, it's almost Game of Thrones light. It is so, so good. Um, Ragnar, who is the main character, he has this great, great character arc, um, where he basically, like, he's basically just this farmer at the beginning and then he becomes a great kind of Viking traveler and then he finds his way to, uh, major power and he almost gave it up at some point like it's really just great character arc there's so many characters and is they're all like really really rich and interesting um and this episode i didn't necessarily love this first episode of the season but it was a lot of setup they had to set up a lot of new characters and that's why i think that it was kind of a little slower and i think it's going to really pay off next episode with some of the things and decisions that have to be made so loved it Highly recommend Vikings if you're not watching on the History Channel. And don't let that turn you off because it is so, so good. 
All right, that that's my recommendation, Ozzy. So you want to sign us out since you already gave your recommendation? Oh yeah, I'm gonna I'm recommend it again. Watch Manchester by the Sea, guys. Go for it. So freaking good. That's me recommending it again. So here we go, Carlos. Where can people find you on social media? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Cherry Four Five Six, and make sure you follow the Screenfellas team on Twitter, Instagram, um, Facebook. Um, YouTube, all at Screenfellows. So definitely make sure you check us all out there. Definitely, definitely subscribe to our YouTube channel. We will be posting stuff um, soon, right? Yes, soon. yes. So we should have a new video coming out soon. Yeah, yeah. So definitely uh, check that out. Um, you guys can uh, find me on Twitter at Castro Ozzy and on Instagram at Ozzy Cray. So that's where you can find me, guys. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please feel free to listen and subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. We also have Google Play for you, Android users, so definitely check that out, guys. Please rate and review the podcast on whatever you use. Whatever you guys use. Whatever. <laughs> Alright, guys, this has been a great one. This is Screen, fellas. Peace.